Mercy Community Church. This is our live stream as well for those who are watching online. Uh, we have our services uh, in presence here at Chelsea Community Church on Edith Grove, and we're, you're always welcome. But we know for some of you it may be difficult to be in, so we're grateful that you connect with us online. And we know that some of our uh, members are, are watching online also. And we, we're blessed. We sometimes have people from other nations, so it's a, a wonderful tool that the Lord's provided for us to continue sharing the Word of God. In Acts chapter 2 is our scripture for today. Uh, verses 1 verse to verse 41. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews devout, men from every nation under heaven. And, his, and at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all, those, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Corinthians and Medes and Elamites and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, <clears throat> they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose. Sin is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show you wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God and mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. And this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, losing the, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. But David says concerning him, I was Lord, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to hate. Or let your holy ones see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you 
with confidence about the patriarch David that both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn uh, with an oath to him that he would, he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he is not abandoned to hate, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make you your enemies, your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, they, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself and with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying save yourselves from this crooked generation so those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. May we be blessed at the reading and preaching of God's holy word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful today. On this Pentecost Sunday, Lord, we thank you for the mighty work of the Holy Spirit in your church. You continue to do that work amongst us, Lord. We pray, Lord, renew our minds, fill us, Lord. We take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, anything that rises up against the knowledge of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you, you take it into submission, Lord. We pray, Lord Father, that you fill us again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want you to know that something here in, in City Temple and Chelsea Church, part of us, we're not bothered too much about the children. Not something that we, we, we uh, affect. And I'm really grateful about it. When I joined City Temple uh, many years ago now, and it was one of those things with my kids. It's like, ah, oh, they're extremely strong, and I, I felt so uncomfortable. But I always saw Pastor Rod calmly read the word calmly, preach the word calmly, continue the sermon. So I get, that gave me a lot of peace, and I want that also that peace to be with you. I don't want you to be worried about these things, okay? So let's get into this. The introduction a little bit on, on, on the, gift, on the uh, Pentecostal Sunday, the church and God's gift. What is a good gift? What is a, one of those special gifts that we can receive? Now, for me, the month of May is a tricky one. I have my wife's birthday, two of my kids' birthday, my brother's birthday, and my father-in-law's birthday. I, <laughs> I, I need the power of the Holy Spirit for the month of May. Plus, there's all the other friends and family also a little bit that have birthdays on that month. Gifts are, are really special in that moment, aren't they? They say something about us. They say something to the, to the people that we love. And it's nice. There are many types of gifts. And there are gifts that we're able to give, whether it's in, through monetary or, or just something special, something from our heart. So here, thinking a little bit on this text, there is, you know, this gift of the Holy Spirit that Peter speaks of. And there's three things I want us to look at here. I want us to look at the prayer of people in the Holy Spirit, the preaching of the people with the Holy Spirit, 
and the work of the, in the hearts of people through the Holy Spirit. Those are the three things we want to focus in this, this morning. So the first thing, obviously, is this prayer, this time of prayer that they came together, these men, uh, after the time of Jesus' ascension. This means when Jesus was taken up. It's ten days had passed, but they'd received some instructions from Jesus. They'd been told to wait. Do not go anywhere. Do not do anything. Wait for the Spirit of God in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Because you will receive power when the Spirit of God comes. And you will be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, to all parts of the world. So this is patience in prayer and waiting. They had to remain before God for a while. Now, he didn't say to them how long this was going to take. You've got to think. Sometimes when God may say to you, I want you to pray over a situation. Sometimes we feel, oh Lord, I did pray for that, and look, the answer came quickly, especially when you're beginning your walk with the Lord. Now, when you're, a, let's say, a, 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 a young Christian and learning your ways, sometimes the Lord seems to answer prayer quickly. But as you mature and learn to grow in the Lord, there is this part where the Lord takes us through the process of waiting and learning to be patient in prayer. So these men and this group of people, these apostles, Remember, they, they had seen Jesus crucified. They had seen him preach the gospel again about the kingdom to them. But now he was being taken up. And these more or less 40, 50 days that come to this point. Now, imagine them beginning, because it was more or less a few days before the Spirit comes that they were praying, not sure how long this was going to take. You can imagine maybe the unsettledness. But we prayed and looked, nothing's happened. One day, two days, and so forth. But in it, there was that moment where something begins to happen. Something changes. And they do receive that. They do receive that spirit, that uh, power, and that, that kind of vestiges um, um, of this Holy Spirit upon them. And it says it was like a mighty rushing wind. It was like tongues of fire. And remember, they're using languages as, as, as much as possible to describe something that they'd never seen or experienced before. Nothing they'd seen in Jesus' ministry was like this. That they had to be willing and open to receive what God was going to do with them. They were afraid, maybe a little bit confused. For them, it was the best thing to have was to have Jesus with them. It was that feeling, Lord, why are you leaving us? And he would say to them, it is better for me to leave you because I'm going to send to you the Spirit of God. But can you imagine the arguments in the disciples thinking, no, it's better to actually have you here with us. You're the one who multiplies the bread. You're the one who calms the storms. You're the one who speaks and the dead rise. We need you physically here to continue this ministry. You can imagine that. Even for us today, if, if we knew Jesus was here and if he was preaching, it'd always, it'd always be, the, it'd be the highest and the most amazing sermon. And no matter whoever came after that, we will always never say the best. You know, Jesus' sermon was always the highest. You can understand for them that feeling of now we, we walk with him. We talked with him, we were with him, but now we don't know what's going to happen. Fear, maybe some doubt, but the prayer kept them persevering. If something, that prayer became an anchor, we just know that we've got to pray. That's the, that's the, that, is what God has, that is what God the Son in Jesus has told us to do. Let us pray. And they continued to pray for that. We don't know exactly what contained the words of that prayer. They could have been praying, but, well, more or less, you know, they knew that they were going to be witnesses and they were going to share the gospel in some shape or form, and they were praying. And as they prayed, they continued to, 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 to 
to stay in that place until the Holy Spirit came upon that upper room. Just a little bit of an example. In the Old Testament, Moses said something. He said, because there was a moment where the Spirit of God descended on some of the other people. This is pre-Jesus. This is way before the, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost. We're talking thousands of years before. And the Spirit of God descends upon some of the people. Now, some of Moses' uh, uh, men who were close to him said, Lord, should we stop these people from prophesying? Should we stop them from, from doing what they're doing? And Moses says, why are you jealous? Why are you worried? I want, I, it would be wonderful that God's Spirit would rest on all people. So this image from even an Old Testament, we see that there was a wanting of the presence of God, not just to be on a few, but on all. Because we see the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. We see Him in creation. We know that God is the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and they are involved in all of God's work. But there's moments where the Spirit is shown to us, such as in, in creation. He hovered over the earth in that chaos and began to bring structure and formation. There are moments where the Spirit of God descended in, on individuals like Moses, and He would prophesy. He would give authority. He would command, and things would happen. He would give the Word of God, and things would change. We would see the Spirit of God on the prophets confronting the, the nations and, and confronting the corruption and even occasionally bringing fire down from heaven. There was something special about being anointed and having the Spirit of God. Men like David, who were anointed by God, who worshipped and were able to give God glory. But it was individual in the Old Testament. Certain people had the Spirit of God. Not everyone could have. And there was the, the, those who were say, separated unto God for that purpose. It was all going to change. That is what the New Testament, that's what Jesus said, it is good for me to go, because something greater is coming. It was that, that understanding for them. That, that, and sometimes it is said, the role of the Holy Spirit is chiefly and principally to apply the work of Christ to the believers, but I also believe it is to empower the believers to do the greater works that Jesus promised in Scripture. He said, and you will do my works, and even greater ones. Now that must have had there in their minds, this is going to happen. But how and where? This is men of prayer, people of prayer, a community of prayer, waiting. And I believe that as, as we continue, also in persevering prayer, we're always asking, Lord, bring an outpouring and a revival and an awakening upon our nation again. The second part is the work of the Spirit in preaching. So we know that this work of the Spirit in prayer and, 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 and beginning, and you see that they begin to speak in tongues, and this manifestation, now there's different um, moments in Scripture, especially in the New Testament, the speaking of tongues in Acts chapter 2, very distinct. It is that kind of languages where they're able to hear from different regions, say, that's mine, that's from this part of the world. Distinct to what we see in, in the letters of Paul, where he speaks about speaking in tongues as something that we build up in our spirit. That's a whole other teaching. But I just want you to know that this this moment of the gift of the Spirit, the speaking in tongues, was something that people could hear and understand in that moment. And they were able to hear. And they would say, we can hear in our language what God is saying. We can hear of His mighty works that He has done. Now listen, they didn't repent and believe in Jesus in that moment. Even though they heard through the power of the Holy Spirit what they were saying in tongues, they did not come to Christ. It needed another element, another part to, to this ministry of the Spirit, the preaching of the gospel. And that's where Peter stands up with the eleven, not on his own. Now remember, this is the same Peter who a while back had, had denied Jesus. 
had said, I have nothing to do with this man. I don't know who you're talking about. Had, had completely gone astray and was afraid. And he is standing in front of the people who had said a while back, crucify him, crucify him. Shouldn't you understand how you're standing in front of maybe 3,000 Jews, men, who had been, some of them, and maybe if not all of them, part of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And, the, and, you could, and could you think of all those things, but now we're seeing a different Peter. We're seeing a Peter full of the Spirit of God. And with that boldness, and that security, and that confidence, he stands before the people, and he begins to preach the gospel. And he goes for a whole sermon, connecting all these dots together from the Old Testament, sharing to them what had happened. Because they said, well, you guys are drunk. What's happening here? This, is not, this isn't the Holy Spirit. This isn't of God. Something, just a quick little detour here. When there's been moves of God in history, there's always been the criticism, hasn't there? There's always been those, now this isn't of God. That speaking in tongues isn't of God. Or that falling down, or this other manifestation, or this other thing. But God is able to testify and witness. And people of boldness would stand. In this case, Peter stood with such a boldness and conviction, able, not like the Peter before. Not like the Peter, Peter who would put his foot in his mouth. This is now a Peter with, with assurance. And he begins to preach a powerful sermon to them, taking them from the book of Joel and saying to them, look, what you're seeing was already prophesied. This has already been said, that the Lord will pour out his spirit on all flesh, and that the young men will dream dreams and visions, and they will be prophesying and manifestations, and things are going to begin to change. The kingdom of God has arrived. And these Jews that are there, the multitude begin to hear. It's interesting about the languages, isn't it? In one religion of the world right now, they say that the religion, that God speaks one language. In this case, I think it's Arabic, they say. And, it, and that, the, that, that word of God had to be revealed in Arabic, in Islam, I think it is, I'm not correct. Saying that God only speaks that language, and he only writes in that language. And that somehow that, that kind of forces the culture also, for people to change into that culture and that language. But yet here, in the pouring out of the Spirit, God speaks all languages, connecting all cultures, bringing all people together, because God isn't of one culture or one language. Our God is of all the nations and all the people. And he doesn't eradicate the culture of the nation. If anything, we see how God, through the Spirit and through what we see today, we're able to worship in, in Hindi, in Spanish, in Portuguese, in Chinese, in, in uh, Tagalog, in all the other, in Korean. Has the wonderful work of the Spirit of God. That it isn't just saying this is the one language and this is the one way to read the Word of God. We know that the Word is interpreted. We have translation. And we have people who have witnessed this to the scriptures that were close. Because in, in other religions, it's almost 500 years after that they're trying to attest to the fact that we have the wrong scriptures. But in Christ, there's a witness. And then he says, all these languages will glorify God. All of these languages. It's a powerful work of the Holy Spirit. It has almost that missional at the beginning, saying we're not just going to contain ourselves to one region and one place. We want you to be part of all places. Yet for them, they still didn't understand that yet. Because if you have to continue reading the book of Acts, as those of you who read it, maybe those who need they still struggled sometimes, especially when they saw Gentiles, those who were not Jewish, begin to speak in tongues. 
they were surprised. Yet that was always part of Scripture. What did God say to Abraham? Abraham, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All nations, not just the Jewish, but every other one. So this is in it. Peter's now got this boldness. He has this conviction and this strength. He's able now to preach and bring glory to Jesus. And that's the work of the Spirit. The Spirit is no longer just bringing honor to himself. He's glorifying Jesus, lifting who Christ is, saying the works that he is, who he is. And listen to this. In that sermon, he says, Jesus of Nazareth, who you crucified. And this is interesting, because the Jesus of Nazareth, the, the, the name Jesus of Nazareth, was actually a derogatory term. Because they would say, can anything good come from Nazareth? It was almost that he, Jesus was using this bad insult that they had against him to say, look, this Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, who you said was bad, now God is bringing glory. God is bringing honor through that name. So we, we, we used it now. We say it with honor and respect. Today we heard it prayed in the Jesus of Nazareth be exalted. And how the Lord uses the Spirit, how He turns things around for them. The Spirit bringing glory to Jesus. Now Peter denied, but now he is now with this conviction. And instead of that, he was able to stand in front of them with boldness. We see the men of prayer of the Holy Spirit, filled with power and anointing. But we also see men, a man, and these men and women as well that were part of the company of, of the disciples, full of the Spirit of God with boldness and courage to preach. And that is about being a witness, isn't it? Because he says, you shall be my witness. A witness is someone who can attest, who can say, I was there. And these men were. They had walked with Jesus, but now there was a boldness. But that also is for us. We haven't physically seen Jesus crucified on the cross. We haven't physically been with Jesus, but because of the work of the Spirit, the Word of God in our lives, we are now witnesses of God. Because we see what the, light, the way that the Lord has changed us through His grace and the way that God, the Lord has changed others. That's why a testimony is powerful. When we share our testimony of where God has healed us, where God has saved us from, how God has restored, and how we continue to pray for that. He was preaching Christ the Lord. And this is interesting because he says Jesus Christ the Lord, which is and it's speaking of his Messiahship, that he was the promised one, the deliverer, but also of all the nations. But also he said, Jesus Christ, who is Lord. And that was the thing. He wasn't saying that Jesus was only to be their friend, their companion. Jesus was meant to be their Lord. He is Lord or he is nothing. And that, is a, and that, and that had to cut to their hearts. So the preaching of the word and the power of the spirit then brings this transformation into their lives. Because it says they were cut to the heart. They felt something. They were convicted. And they said to, to Peter and to the apostles, what do we do? How, what happens to us? They were the ones who, they knew that there was blood on their hands. They knew that they were part of it. And even maybe some who had come from afar, they could feel the spirit also convicting them. And that's the work of the spirit. There is nothing that you and I can do to convict, to, to bring a transformation in a person in our word. But when the Spirit of God is upon us, when the preaching of His word comes with the power of the Spirit, He does what He says. And, he, and when He comes, He will convince the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's the work of the Spirit of God. So we, we are to be those vessels. We are to be ready in prayer. 
We are to be that people that, that rises up and, and, and ready to preach the gospel, knowing the scriptures and understanding. And it is God's work that begins to cut into the heart, that begins to do the things that they do. And they, they came. Look what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just now for them as the, the elect 12 or the, the, the 11 there together with Peter to be the anointed ones to share the gospel. He, they, there was something of the Spirit to be received for all people. I like it how in, in, in the, when the story of Jesus' birth, or just be, uh, before the birth, the pregnancy of Mary and, her, and Elizabeth, and they, the Spirit of God comes upon John the Baptist and he jumps in the belly. And there's these things about the Spirit of God also being in our children. And that's something that Peter says, this promise isn't just for you, but for your family, for your generation. And it's something we should pray for, because we, we want to see all people filled with the Spirit of God and be moved and transformed. We receive that gift. We're people of prayer. There are some people of preaching the gospel. And there are some people that are ready to see hearts change and transform. We pray for our community. We pray for those around us. What do we need to do then? We need to repent if we are lost. If we have not made Jesus our Lord, we need to repent of our sins and say, Lord, become our Lord of our, of our lives. We need to submit to His Lordship, not just and, and, just, and, and receive Him and, and well, accept and acknowledge that He is Lord of all, and that only Jesus has died for our sins and only Jesus can bring salvation and only Jesus can heal us today. We too can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Father has given us a gift in Jesus' name. So the Holy Spirit in prayer empowering all of our ministries. The Holy Spirit in preaching giving boldness and authority. And the Holy Spirit in us bringing our hearts the redemptive work of Christ. Let us pray. Let's bow our heads. And in an act of worship, just as you open your hands before the Lord, just as though you were receiving a gift as well. We, we come before the Lord today. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne. And we thank you for the work that Jesus Christ has done. We thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to atone for our sins, to die for us, to save us from our, our, our sinful paths and to bring us into, into the family. And we thank you, Lord, that you also give us the Holy Spirit. And we pray again together, Lord. Like in the book of Acts, Lord, we pray, fill us with your Spirit. Fill us once again, Lord, that we may preach with boldness, that we may live with boldness in our colleges, universities, in our homes, with our children. May we be full of the knowledge and, and be witnesses in power to what Christ has done and is doing today, Lord. Lord, we thank you that it is the Holy Spirit that empowers us to, to bring your kingdom on earth today here in this place and wherever we go. Lord, we know that you hear our prayers. We know that you're working and doing things, ready and preparing the ground and the hearts of all people. Father, we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I also want to pray for, for healing in that place. And just close your eyes. If there's someone that needs to be uh, healing in their body, we believe that the, the power of the Spirit of God today heals. Father, and I pray right now, those who are needing healing in, in the physical sense in their bodies right now. 
We pray for muscles, nerves, tendons, ligaments and organs. I pray for Lord Father for those affected in their, in their backs and spinal column, Lord Father. Pray for those who have infections and, and diseases, Lord. The same authority that the Lord Jesus Christ rebuked those sicknesses. We, as, as your body, come in the name of the Lord Jesus and rebuke all sickness. We thank you for your healing touch, Holy Spirit, in this place. So we want to glorify you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let us worship the Lord as we prepare.